welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass. I am your host, Jay. I'm Nessa. Uh, Drew won't be able to join us today, so it's us two and a special guest. Uh, But before we introduce her, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the situation happening in Gaza at the moment. Um, I feel like I wanted to do this last week, and I just didn't know how to fit it into the topics we discussed. Um, But the situation has gotten worse. This has been weighing really heavily on my heart, and I feel like I have a small platform. I should at least try and talk about it and um, bring some more awareness to it if if it needs more awareness. Um, you know, I got I there's a couple of accounts I follow on Instagram. One of which she posts updates every morning. I check every morning and. Things are not looking great out there. I just hope people are listening to. Sorry. I hope people are paying attention and doing what they can to try and stop this. Call your representatives if you haven't. Please, um, boycott companies. Do what you can. Anyways, (laughs) so, (laughs) in hockey news, today we have Lauren joining us, who is from SDPN. Hi, yes, uh, I'm Lauren. Um, I'm, I work with uh, Game Over um, Toronto by SDPN. Um, yeah, and I've followed you guys for a while, and I knew you guys did a podcast, so I very audaciously reached out and said I would love to be on your show at some point, and so here we are. So And here you are. And here we are. <laughs> Thank you for having Woo! me. For sure. Um, So I guess let's just start out with um, you as a Leafs fan and how you're feeling about the season so far. Uh, I know yeah. you guys had a bit of a shakeup in the off season, and yeah. things have not been too great over the last forever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting season so far. Um, uh, it's only game. It's I mean we're only game eleven, but it's already game eleven, which is, I suppose, both good and bad. Um, you know, obviously, with lots going on in the world. Um, sometimes it, it can be difficult to come on and just sort of try to make light of hockey things. But, you know, obviously, uh, for myself, I think that hockey is one of those things that even though some things might be going on around the world, which, you know, are, are not fun to deal with. Um, but what I try and do is I always try to give myself a little bit of time to just not think about anything else, think about a sport that I love and I have loved for a very long time. Um, I always jokingly say that to the detriment of my father, I became a Leafs fan despite his best intentions. Um, one of my very first memories was the the missed call in 1993. And ever since then, my dad has not so lovingly had the Leafs in the background. But I unfortunately grew up um, about an hour and a half away from Toronto. So it was just, uh, even though technically the Buffalo Sabres were closer to me, there was no way I could be a Buffalo fan. So yeah, I grew up a Leaf fan, and and now uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to talk about it, uh, you know, as kind of a side gig. But obviously, the job that I actually love more than anything else, um, which is a great thing, and working with SDPN has been so good. And so, getting into this season, uh, it's our, it's my second season with Game Over, which is um, it's been awesome so far. It's a little bit unfortunate that they haven't been better, um, and you know, it's we did have a tumultuous off season. I mean, you know, the Leafs get further than they have in a while in the playoffs last year, which, you know, sure. That was great. And I was actually at uh, like the Maple Leaf square um, in game five, when they tied it up with like less than 10 minutes to to go with me and my sister and a couple of our friends and my cousin. And it was like, Holy cow. It was like such a great, such a great time. Um, And then, you know, the off season happens and uh, Kyle Dubas, 
has a has a, a press conference which would you know be the last showing of him as a member of the toronto maple leafs as an organization and he is not so exquisitely terminated and sent off and was replaced with brett true living who uh made some decisions to re-sign some people and to let some other people go and um and so it's been uh it's been interesting to see how those decisions have happened because in years past this the same problems have existed but now it's a different person dealing with them than has been in the last several years so uh unfortunately the repercussions have not been positive like we would have thought like maybe someone else coming in could have you know looked at it in a different light and brought in more of the things that we as leaf fans thought that everybody was aware of and instead it, it seems to have kind of taken a different direction um and so it's again it's only game 11 but again it's already game 11 and the leafs are not exactly where we would have hoped that they would be and now having said that at the beginning of the season like the evidence was there that it wasn't necessarily going to work out it was kind of this mishmash of pre-existing problems with a couple new guys that were rumored to have been tough and very good playmakers at the same time and that has since come out to be a bit of a lie which is unfortunate uh and so there's nothing that we as fans can do except just pray to some cosmic being to uh save us from living decisions <laughs> well so your your season started pretty great though like yeah. Matthews had two two hat yeah. tricks in yeah, yeah, consecutive yeah. games. Right. So he starts the season with like, you know, six goals in two games, which as a Leafs fan, let's go. Um, and then he had one goal in the next seven. And then now, now the good thing is the last two games he's had multi-goal games, which is like great. But, you know, it was it's it's the problem is at this point in the season is that the big guys are going, right? Like the 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 core four or the core five if you include morgan riley uh have had something like 28 of all of the all of the goals that the leafs have had so far this season and that bottom six has been not whatever you just adjective not. you yeah just not whatever whatever <laughs> adjective you want to use what they're not good they're there they're not cohesive they're not they take up space. They, yeah, they're they're uh, they're an investment, not a good one. Uh, and you know, I I, it just doesn't seem to be going well. And so it's again, it's not necessarily the top guys that are the problem now. I mean, the the problem is is that all of our money is tied up in a few players. And Kyle Dubas did a very good job in previous seasons of covering up a little bit of that problem by getting really good players for really cheap and the players that were brought in are not that same caliber of player and they tried to bring it in as like a different direction right like the leafs even though you guys are you know out in the west coast like the leafs are pretty soft in terms of like stick upness and i can't remember if you guys are allowed to swear but just general give a crap level is not exactly what we would hope it would be and so they bring in someone like ryan reeves to you know, try and boost the locker room and get guys to fight their own battles. And it just uh, hasn't, has fizzled out like a bad, cheap firework, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so I definitely have a whole list of questions and follow-ups. Oh, that I, no. Uh, um, okay. I have building up. Well, well I got off, a full water bottle. I got a full water bottle. All right. Bottle, so all right. Let's go. Let's so go. first off, you talked about your upbringing and how you ended up being a Leafs fan despite you know your your dad's protest now is that because your dad is a Sabres fan or no no just... he was so he was like seven the last time the Leafs won the cup and believed for a long time that the Leafs should have won many cups and was mm. a Leafs fan and he didn't want me to be a Leafs fan because he didn't mm. want me to hurt <laughs> in all honesty mm. and that's mm. what it was okay. it wasn't because he didn't want he like wasn't a Leafs fan or thought the Leafs were bad or that he was like a Habs fan or something nasty like that um no 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 he was trying to save me from myself and <laughs> right, right. And Makes sense. I didn't listen good job me <laughs> and now here we are now here we are I have so the I mean 
There's there's a number of things that you already spoke about that I know me me and Nessa can relate with as as Sharks fans. We if you're not familiar with it, our Doug Wilson era, there were a lot of great things. And then towards the end, there were a lot of not so great things. And now we are paying for it. And um, in terms of locking up certain players, granted, you guys locked up players that actually could have potential. It's just something is not clicking. Something is not happening. Versus we locked up players that should have never been locked up. (laughs) They were bad and now horribly aging contracts no movement clauses like the whole shebang and now because we're in sunny california of course no one wants to leave <laughs> like right they're they're not gonna waive that unless i mean well th- this season if it continues to go down the landslide to which it has been over it was steady and now it's a free fall over the last two uh, games, so yeah. it really is going to be a test if it continues to go that far down, like horrendously. Like I could see us losing ten to whatever to like, like this is going to pain me to say, but to like a Vegas or to like you know, uh, like Boston. You know, I don't know if they're as good as they were last season and they're the better season, but like you know, it's like oh, one of those like cool i mean that sucks but it was a really really good team not to say that the canucks or the penguins are not you know a competitive team it's just the penguins are at the bottom of the eastern conference right now like right and now give go ahead sorry no 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 please sorry i like i so i i think the Canucks thing is a bit of them just being on a heater they are on a heater, and if yeah. Drew was here, he would let you know <laughs> that he we were we were uh, having some fun banter um, in his first episode uh, on the pod as a host, and um, we were just like he was talking about something and like you know his thoughts on it, and we were just in a worse spot, so we're just like yes, of course it could be worse. Like look at us. It, you could be us. And he's right. like, listen, like, it's going to be bad in a month. Just let me have this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what was my other thing? Um, oh, so, and then you mentioned Ryan Reeves, which interesting choice, because as Sharks fans, we had many of encounters with him when he was on Vegas. Mm-hmm. And really, if, like, he was just there to kind of do something sometimes but like he wasn't actually like doing anything in the progression of like being He's productive a big, scary on the pylon. team yeah and same thing as when he was on the wild same thing as when he was on the rangers so when the lease picked him up i was just like oh god are we going for this whole like as you said uh, they're a bit soft in comparison to you know other teams in in the conference and uh, you know and the rangers kind of dealt with that like a couple of years back which is kind of why they also brought in reeves like all this like the teams feel like we're just missing this one little element we just need the one guy who's going to be on the ice for like 10 minutes a game that is right. really going to push us in the right direction but i saw that reeves isn't even in your lineup so I don't know yeah. how he's gonna help with that part when he's not even playing. Um, and then I saw that just this morning. So we kind of were like befriended um, a Red Wings podcast like last season. So we we kind of like get most of our Red Wings information through them, right? But one of one of the time. One of the one of the topics that I saw earlier this week is about the state of Bertuzzi. And yeah. I'm getting two different sides of the story because obviously the Red Wings are like, oh, sucks to see him leave, but you know, it is what it is. And then I guess I want your take in terms of your feelings on Bertuzzi. So he, it's it's and okay. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. It's like it's like the reference from the Simpsons of like all of Mr. Burns's diseases are all stuck in a door. 
there's so many thoughts and there's only so so many so much space in my mouth for them so tyler bertuzzi when the, the signing was made i actually thought that it was a pretty good signing uh he had a heck of a playoff last year with boston uh not a boston fan in case that wasn't obvious um and so when they when the Leafs signed him i was like okay well that's not a bad waste of money like I know that when we have played Detroit, because obviously being in the same you know division as them, we play Detroit last year before he was on Boston and then Boston fairly frequently. And so I have known for a while that Tyler Bertuzzi is a bit of a, a rough and tumble player, but is very skilled offensively. So when that signing was made, I was pretty jacked about it. I was like, okay, well, this could be pretty good. Similar thing with like Max Domi, okay? Another signing that you're living from that, that was brought in. Now, that's a little bit different because you know, Max Domi, Domi, son, prodigal son of Ty Domi, who is most kid people my age's favorite player growing up. Like, people my age, their favorite player growing up was other Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi, Matt Sundin, Doug Gilmore. Like, it was one of those four. And Ty Domi was this little, just, like, built like a brick outhouse, but, like, was somewhat skilled, but, like, was ready to fight anybody for the guys on his team. And so Max has played on all these different teams in the league. And we've kind of always secretly wanted Max to come play as a Leaf because, um, hi, hello, even though he's a different player than his dad, he has had years and, and there have been parts of his hockey career where he has been a prolific player. Like last year in Dallas in the playoffs and before that, he was pretty good. I think he got something like 25, 25 goals last year. Like not I mean, not a point of game player, but like pretty good and, and, you know, short and stocky and like red, you know, not the same level of ready to fight, but will stand up to someone, right? It's the whole, like, if someone's going to grab your guy by the collar, you want someone that's going to either push them back or, you know, punch them in the face. Not that I like that in hockey, but that's part of the game, unfortunately. Um, and Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi were players where we were like, okay, well, They've had patches in their career where they've been these very good players. And this is something that we've needed, right? We need someone that's going to fight back. Like there are, it's kind of embarrassing, but earlier this season, I don't even remember what team it was against. It was against like Nashville or the Kings or something. And there was like a scrum that happened and Mark Giordano, like oldest player in the league, Mark Giordano, you see him like literally come in and Superman tackle like the, someone on the other team because someone was roughhousing one of the Leafs. And it was awesome. Like Leafs fans, we lost our minds because we don't usually have people like that that are willing to go into the fray and people that have been that for us previously because they're the only player doing it are singled out. A Alan Michael Bunting, right? When Michael Bunting came and played for the Leafs, he was very good for us. But because he was the only person that was willing to like shove back and and stand their ground and like give it back a little bit, not like be be people that start the fray but are willing to like stand up for themselves in it and he was thrown in the box and became like the whipping boy for nfl refs like he couldn't get calls and was called was called if you breathe too hard and so you know the whole thinking of bringing some of these players in that were skilled but also had this maybe you know tough guy upswing that maybe by proxy some of that would rub off onto the team and instead, you have Ryan Reeves, like, fighting in the first two games and then just, like, turning into a ghost. So, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's just, like, people come to the Leafs and it's how soft our pillows are and, like, how good they're taken care of by their trainers. But, like, holy banana cakes, how, does it just fall off? Like, same thing with Tyler Bertuzzi. Nothing. Same thing with Max Domi. Nothing. Like... The other day, Timothy Lilliger, I'm on like such a soapbox right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Timothy Lilliger gets on. hauled down Go by off. Brad Marchand. <laughs> Timothy Lilliger gets hauled down by Brad Marchand eight feet from Wes McCauley. No call is made because they're best buddies and send each other's wives Christmas gifts every year, I'm sure. And Lilligren is helped off the ice, carried down the hallway. And who comes to his rescue 20 minutes later? John Klingberg, guys. Like, <laughs> There's like Marshan was on the ice the next shift and got a chance on goal. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I feel like you 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 were bringing in the spirit of Steve Dangle there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Steve is a buddy of mine. Well, not a buddy of mine. We obviously I work for him and we've met a few times. And it's kind of weird how similar we are, but 
Anyway, thank you. That's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Steve is a great person. Steve is a great person. That's so funny. Tell Ask us how, how you I'm really feeling. feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like we obviously because we're Sharks fans and we had to deal with uh, Ryan Reeves when he played for Vegas for right however many years. He's not a player we like. <laughs> right. Um, but I feel like he actually did something when he was on Vegas. He, you know, especially when... Oh, no. <laughs> you good? Yeah, sorry. I hit the button. <laughs> when uh, we had Kane on the team, they, for some reason, their personalities did not mix well at all. They were very... Uh, feisty with each other online on the ice it was it added to the drama right it made it made the rivalry fun i guess but i feel like ever since reeves left vegas he kind of just fell off or at least it started happening maybe a year a season before they they let him go um but i i still think it's funny seeing posts on on twitter trying to defend like oh everyone's so scared of ryan reeves try i bet you <laughs> like like imagine if he he tried doing that if Reeves was on the ice, whoa, whoa, whoa. and then everyone's like, "Well, where is he?" <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting, <laughs> shaking his fist up in the press box. I'll get you after the game. Well, and that's just it, right? And it's like so, like Leafs fans were all jacked up, but like, yeah, Reeves is gonna be on our team. No one's gonna with us. And then it's like. It's like Mugato from Zoolander. It's like, am I taking crazy pills? Like, you're supposed to be sticking up for us here. And you're sitting on the bench, like, doing nothing. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad for you that he is no longer your problem. But, like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> now he's mine. And for, like, three years. Not like, oh, it's a one-year deal. Three years Ooh. for, I think, like, a million and a half. Maybe he's getting ready to retire. <laughs> so, uh, let's go back to... Around. Is that what he's going to be? Director of not screwing around? Let's go back to the um, the change that was made in the offseason. How do you feel about that? And then let us know your thoughts on, on some of the signings that were made. I mean, obviously we know your thoughts on Reeves, but uh, so, I mean, the Kyle Dubas firing was interesting. Like, I don't think Dubas was the problem. I think Dubas was a very good GM. I think that I, at the time, I thought maybe, um, I mean, this, the problem with this whole thing is that you've now asked me after I've watched that press conference a hundred times and completely overanalyzed it like it's a Taylor Swift song. Right? Like, I've met this stupid, this stupid, basically exit interview. And in the interview, Kyle Dubas actually says, like, at that point, it's clear that the experiment with the four, the big four has failed and alludes to the idea of considering trading somebody. Basically saying anybody is on the table except for Matthews in not so few words. And then this other thing happens where he doesn't know if he's going to be black, blah, 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 blah. I think that was just a razz. But so the decision is made to fire Kyle Dubas. And like most of us were not excited about it because none of us really think that what happened is Kyle Dubas's fault. And so at the same time, you know, we're not overly excited about the fact that Dubas is now, oh, less than three days later, part of the Penguins in the same like conference. Great. Um, you know, we now have to deal with the fact that someone else is going to be brought in. And then the, you know, it's announced that it's Brad for living. And most Leafs fans, I think to some degree, were not all that jazzed about it for the simple reason of the problems that exist on the Calgary flames are largely in part of decisions that Brad for living made and the kind of culture around his team that he fostered. And so immediately, like, you know, there's a couple of little green flags going up, but a couple of little red flags too. And so, you know, at first we're like, okay, well, that's not a big deal. 
He says the right things. He says what we want to hear when he comes in and does the press conference. Um, but it seems like, and now after only, even though we're only 10 games in, it seems like the decisions that are being made and the decisions that some of the decisions that Kyle Dubas made in terms of sticking to his guys in all of the big four plus Morgan Riley uh, isn't actually his decision and that it's Brendan Shanahan's because true living came in sort of with singing this sort of different tune. And now it's just kind of like, you know, it's more of the same, but worse because at least Kyle Dubas was getting people that were doing well, that could play well, right? Like the Kelly Yarncrook signing, thank goodness he made that deal because the Leafs would be up the Creek and in the same position, probably as the Calgary flames right now, if that, if that signing isn't made because the other signings that true living made were not good, right? Like the John Klingberg signing isn't, it's not, it's not all, it's not the worst signing that he's made, but like we didn't need another knockoff Tyson Berry. Like Tyson Berry didn't do well here. So like, why are you getting Tyson Berry 2.0? Like at least Klingberg will like throw a hit. Maybe this time. Maybe this time <laughs> I'll be lucky. That's what it's like. It's like every gym of the Leafs is singing cabaret. Behind the that scenes, is what this that is what he did right before he made the call. He, I hope you don't get demonetized for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a cover. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> I don't get to do show tunes on my other show. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like a lot of what you're kind of talking about. I mean, you know, we've kind of experienced that yeah. over here. Like right now with the situation going on with the past few games have been not great at all. Like it's beyond unacceptable. We know this team is supposed to be not great this year, even though, even though I know the media has got to kind of give us that sense of optimism. (laughs) Oh, I was saying like, they lie and lie and lie. (laughs) They lie to all of us. They said, Oh, this guy could thrive here. Oh my God. And then maybe Flip him at the trade deadline a if he does false well. Bill so of then you're like, you. yeah, false sure, I'm down. I'm I'm behind it. And then the season starts, and you're like, what is happening? I was telling Nessa, what was it like a week or so ago? Because I kind of tune into pregame now because we have Tara Sloan, and she right. is a darling. I love her. Um, I have her on Game Over she- tomorrow. <gasps> nice. fun. Say hi I've, never, awesome. I've never talked to her i'm like so oh excited. she's so fun she's great she's she super is lovely she's a genuine person but <laughs> she's obviously you know a tv personality and you know like some of the things she'll say i'm like oh you're so cute tara i almost believe that <laughs> <laughs> but i love her i love that she gives she makes me smile even though i don't believe it yeah like <laughs> I'm like, but I love the you reason even when you why lie I to my face. In. I love you yeah. even though you lie to my face. <laughs> you make this team worth watching. Yeah. Right now. Um, I'm just looking. I'm not ignoring you. I was pulling up the cap friendly for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, boy. So oh, no. Please. We don't need to know. No, no, no. It's okay. You have like a good <laughs> amount of pink okay. skin. You'll be okay. <laughs> this is me. This, see, at least you know I'm not lying to you. I got nothing to gain here. Like you have True. a couple of really good picks coming up. You don't. You only have like what four people on no moves. That's not too bad. Now we do. So listen, listen. Over the last year, this this ties into my question for you in terms of like your transition because we went through a transition from Doug Wilson, who you know he did a lot of great things, and then mind you, he's with the Penguins as well now. And. And then it just wasn't really working out to the end, and you know he went through a, a, a health situation. And I, as much as we were concerned about him, the fact that it led to him needing to step away, it was almost like a godsend that good, because we really need a change. <laughs> and it was like, it's not that he wasn't trying to do something. It's just he got himself into this corner. And then the owner of the Sharks was like, no, well, I'm not going to let you tank this team like right. we need to need to win so you know his hands were tied 
both his doing and also the owner's doing. And right. so this led to an opportunity where you bring in Mike Greer and, you know, I'm still on, on the Greer train, you know, like he was handed this team that the, the moves he's making is needed and it's mm-hmm. going to look a lot worse before it gets better. Yep. But I have liked the short contracts. A lot of the long ones are manageable of, of leftovers from Doug Wilson era. Yeah. So, I mean, like you definitely have like a a good amount of like veterans and young guys. Like you have a decent amount of players like under 25, which is good. Uh, You got a couple of good stay at home defensemen, right? Like Yen Root is a heck of a player. Uh, uh, And like your goalie situation isn't terrible either. Again, it's, it's young. Like, listen, you have so much cap space. Like, Let's just talk about how much cap space. Like at the end of this season, you'll have seventeen million dollars in cap space on your forwards. And can yeah, we talk that's about definitely how been that's definitely can... been like over the last couple of years. Like we've right. been making moves to eventually get into the place where we can start building up. But we needed to go beyond the floor, and it's just gonna look really bad for a while. Yep. But there is hope. Where I'm, I'm looking forward to. When all of that, like, dead cap space and, like, the buyouts yep. and Couture and Vlasic maybe deciding, I really can't stand this anymore. <laughs> Trade me, yeah. <laughs> and then you get a couple yeah. of young guys, you get some picks, you start over. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. and even though it sucks, like, it is possible to tank and still, like, and, and still make it, like, a place people want to go. Like, heck, man, I tell you, if... Toronto had the weather that California has. You couldn't. You couldn't stop people from signing here. Like there's. You already can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like I, you know, San Jose. Like when I was a kid, like there were actually a significant amount of kids in my Canadian like small town Boonie Elementary School like had Sharks jerseys. It was just for the colors, though. It is. It's a nice logo. Just take the dub, okay? (laughs) Things like that. You gotta take the dub. And you know sometimes you have to you have to you have to suck to get good. Like, listen, I I somehow managed to watch the Leafs through like the twenty ten. There's like basically from like twenty two thousand and nine until like twenty fourteen. They were so bad. Oh my god! But then out of that, some of the players that you get are worth it, right? Like, I mean, there's not there's no Connor Bedard's coming up every single year. But the fact of the matter is, is that basically every draft pick now is so much better than they were like fifteen years ago. You know, like, and you, and there's so many opportunities when it comes to the draft. Like I, you guys have, I, I mean, there's, I forgot about your bio history. I'm sorry. <laughs> I scrolled down. And I was like, oh, we, we try that? to shove that under the rug. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't look here. So it's like any family. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Got it. We don't talk about the bio. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of what you're saying is like, we definitely agree. Those are like the things we, we keep at the forefront to kind of <laughs> like the small match you hold on to going. in the corner right. it's almost here but it's, like, <laughs> but it's like right now we're in a spot where I don't personally agree that changing the coach is the answer it's going to be like like a minor answer but right. like I don't I don't know. Like I, we've only had him for like one year and the team has changed significantly from the previous season to even now mm-hmm. there's so many different guys. And we know after watching hockey forever that it takes time for these guys to build chemistry. It takes time to learn this system. Like, you know, when like you have like the trade deadline and someone comes in and you've like seen them from afar and you get really excited that they're going to be in your team. And then they don't do the exact same thing immediately when they get on their team. And the guys are just like, well, what is this? Like, oh, it's a bad trade, blah, blah, blah. Like we can even say like how Ness has been kind of like the voice of reason to one of our like, devil's fan friend where she's telling them like don't worry Timo's gonna heat up this is just how he does things in the beginning oh well and it's like in that's just the nature of it mm-hmm. so I just right now I like I can almost like not even go on Sharp's Twitter because people are being like oh it's Quinn's fault oh it's it's Mike's fault well well it's like 
Last night it was Carlson's fault. <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> like Carlson, how dare he leave this team? Like No, actually uh... <laughs> Carlson came to play at SAP Center for the first time since being traded away. And you know, they did the whole tribute video for him. Freaking freaking dude scored 101 points last season and he was still booed by the fans. He got because booed? they're still got mad. Cuz there's people in the Sharks fandom who never liked the Carlson trade because they they, the, they associate okay, so us you losing. should be cheering that he's gone hello McFly well, oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they associate us losing Pavelski to you know having De- uh, Wilson getting what's his face Carlson but it's like, I don't know how many times we have to explain to you that Carlson was not the reason that we didn't keep Pavelski. It was Kane. And look how that turned out. Whatever. It's just, it's. I have and it's also Carlson's fault that Timo is not with us. Yeah. And we should have definitely kept both of them because no matter what this team does, no one is going to be happy. <laughs> It's, it's, it's yeah dumpster fire over here and the fans just don't know who to blame anymore since carlson's left <laughs> they just need to shove energy in a certain direction and like this will make me feel better until tomorrow yeah <laughs> well because it's too hard to just be like it's all of it it's all of it burn it all down <laughs> it's true though Trace it is to all Atlanta. Of it. <laughs> hey <laughs> Like no one. I'm on saying team... some people would do that. It's not Just... reasonable, but some people would do that. Watching the last couple of games, this team has absolutely no spark right now. They're really just skating around in circles out there. Like, actually, yesterday. I'll, I'll take that back. Yesterday during the first period was the most jump I've had, and uh, they've had in their in their game since the third game of the season or something. They actually had a little bit of fight in them. They came out the second and it was all gone. And it's it's just so... And then in the third, they were just like, yeah, let me Here, try and defend against one. you. Wave you my go. stick around in your general direction. I was like... It's okay. so depressing. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. I did catch the highlights of that, but I did not. What know. highlights? You, you mean the lowlights? <laughs> I had to see for myself. <laughs> Why? To make fun of us? No, no. I can't (laughs) help it, right? Like, I mean, the Game Over chat, like, where all of the Game Over hosts talk, it's like, it doesn't stop. It is a bit of a dumpster fire. You kind of have to look at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something that everybody's going to want to talk about. Mm. Sorry. They made history last night. Everyone's going to want to talk about it. Hey, man. The wrong kind of history. (laughs) Listen, I got two words for you people. David Ayers. Okay? You want to talk about making history. Woof. (laughs) That's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, that guy's jersey. Uh, Just kill me. All right. Let's let's shift gears here because I want to ask you about your time with SDPN. Like, we had Kaya on... I think earlier this season, right? I love Kaya. She is a trip. It trips me out how young she is. She doesn't act her age. She's like an old video gamer lady like me. And then I'm like, you're 14 (laughs) years younger than me. (laughs) Yeah. There was a little bit of a discussion in our Discord because some of our other friends, like, you know, like we... We have our own little like queer space that we talk about stuff and they were listening to the pod and, you know, our, our pod is also available uh, for like video. Right. And we were talking about the book talk stuff when she was on and I don't remember what set her off, but I think it was because um, <laughs> basically the, the person who was at the, 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 the face of the book talk, thing right i ended up finding out that she is much older than i would have otherwise presumed someone with this sort of like presence or personality or whatever she was doing like like obviously okay you must be much younger because you haven't realized how stupid this would be as an adult but she was like 26 or 27 and kaya just erupted going like what I'm 20 and I we just both, me and Nessa were just like what you're a baby <laughs> I'm like wow <"Whoa."> yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've had, we all, all of us in Game Over had that. Like, it was a thing. Like, I remember, like, because when we first met on SDPN, at one point when we all got hired, we had this one video call where everybody was on it. And we like went around and talked about each other and we all introduced ourselves. And it was like, that's when we made the WhatsApp, like one of the 50 group chats that I have um, with that group. And Kaya introduced herself and we were like, da, 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 da. And she was like, oh, people my age. And I was like, oh, like, how old are you? Because she seems so much older. She's like, I'm 19. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah. It's funny. She has like such like... I don't know how to say this, but like Millennium Video Gamer vibes. And she's like a child. <laughs> I'm like, I love that girl. She kills me. Oh my gosh. Kaya is hysterical. She comes up with the most interesting phrases just out of nowhere. It's like, what did you say? <laughs> she's so funny. There was one game over. I think it was like one of her first streams. I, I'll have to find it. I'll send you guys the link and you can post it or whatever. I'll comment on it or whatever. And she literally, like, the video the video opens, and she's like, I just need a second. And she literally goes oh, and stands I, I on her bed, this. and she mm-hmm. just screams. And then she comes back and sits in front of my and like, so, welcome to Game Over. My name's Kyle. <laughs> and she just goes. And I was like, you're a genius. Like, this. I Yeah, she's great. She kills me. Oh, she's really funny. She's a riot. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your experience so far on on Game Over because I will let I will say that when I first saw that I was like man that would be so cool like to kind of have something yeah. like that where like um like like I think that would be fun to have a reaction like after a game for like uh, for the sharks I mean we wouldn't be able to say very much like these days but it's just I loved the fact that it was you know it's just giving fans the opportunity on like a bigger platform to just kind of like, you know, not, not only like build your own sort of like presence in this hockey world, but as I told you, you know, offline, I really liked the diversity of it because that was one of the biggest reasons why me and Nessa started this podcast is like, like we like when, you know, allies and people that, you know, aren't of, a certain color like (laughs) are talking about topics related to diversity and inclusion but some of some of those topics i feel like it's would be better approached with someone who actually has that experience to act to add those extra layers and not to say that like your your platform is kind of like that's the direction but it's just the presence of the diversity across the panel on top of it being like fan run. Like I thought that was like the coolest thing when like I saw that game over started. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, thank you for saying nice things. First of all, thank you for saying nice things. Second of all, yes, you absolutely could do a game over after or your own version of game over afterwards. You can't do game over. Cause that's, I think that's copywritten, but like, why can't you? Because, of it, hey, think of it this way. The sharks are not going to be, not to make a pun here, at the bottom of the tank for forever, right? Like, and at some point, they're going to come up and they're going to have a resurgence. And when everybody comes back to the tank and you're, like, already popular, just saying, just saying. Um, uh, yeah, so working for Game Over, working for SDPN has been, uh, I hate to say this, but nothing but an awesome and remarkable experience um i have been a big fan of steve dangles for a long time i actually met him like before covid um doing a the book signing for his book that came out uh so i knew of him for probably i've watched his lfr for something like this is embarrassing but like eight years or something like i've been a fan of his for a long time and i've always i've obviously watched the sdp for a long time the steve dangle podcast with adam and jesse uh for just about as long Um, so I've been a follower of that whole thing of that group of people, um, and, and the, their way they went about doing their business, the way they wanted, they went about talking about their show or talking on their show about being Leafs fans and having opinions and understanding that it is from a, from a fan perspective, right? We never shy away from the fact that all of the hosts for all of our shows are all fans. Like 
that's part of the reason why the material is so good because we all do in our own way have some skin in the game when it comes to our team we all really give a damn about the team that we're talking about which makes it really easy sometimes to talk about your team even when the team isn't doing good right like listen we had a team last year for the canucks and we have a team this year and last year for the flames and somehow andrew berkshire manages to talk about the habs for 35 minutes a night and i can't stand that team right and so it's just about like finding people that care about it but that are good people too like the way i got involved with sdpn was literally just like i was watching i was watching the podcast it was the first one back in the summer they said that they were going to be expanding this game over thing so i literally googled like the, what game over was i saw andrew's stream and i thought oh that's cool and they said okay we're gonna have this open go to our website submit like your monologue video or whatever um by the last day of september and it was one of those things that just kind of went out of my mind and i was like oh that would be cool but i like i'm never gonna get in i mean you can't you can't get leafs tickets you, you like there's so many leafs fans that are all competing for like a voice that i was like who the heck am i like i'm just i'm just some queer kid living out kid i'm 34 years old i'm just some queer person living out in etobicoke like minding my own business going to work every day like why would anyone want to listen to me but on the last day my wife and my sister actually thanked both of them um for getting me here because they actually said like well just go for it like you don't know what's going to happen the worst thing they say is no and i said okay so i literally filmed a monologue like in my living room took me like eight tries to do it i had to send my wife for a walk because i can't do it in front of her and uh <laughs> i submitted it and i just said okay well i'm just gonna see what happens and so that was a friday on sunday night i was at i don't remember where i was i think i was at home and i got a text message from andrew berkshire saying hi lauren this is andrew berkshire from sdpn uh, we were wondering if you were able to go on, come in for an, or have a Zoom interview tomorrow um, because we would like to talk to you about Game Over as one of the hosts. And I was like, uh, yeah, no problem. So it was like <laughs> a 10-minute Zoom call um, where I saw everybody. It was like, <laughs> I took a screen cap of it just because I was like, no one's ever going to believe me if I didn't get this. Of me, Steve, Adam, Jesse, Andrew, I think it was just that, and then me. And I was like, Thanks very much. Keep that for forever. And then, so I have this 10 minute interview. I don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I didn't get anything Saturday afternoon. So a week after I submit the video, like eight days after I submit the video, I'm literally at winners trying on like a button up shirt and I'm in the change room and I get a text from Andrew. Hey, Lauren, are you able to jump on a zoom video real quick? And I was like, well, I'm not going to wait till I get home because my anxiety is going to cause a car accident. So I'm in the change room, like in the little cubicle with this new shirt on. And my wife is actually in the cubicle beside me, eavesdropping on this whole thing. So I'm like, I have my phone like this. And he, it's like, again, Andrew and I screen cap it in case, you know, I don't get the job and I can see that this really happened. <laughs> and he's like, I would love for you to join the show. And I was like, uh, what? Like, I like just not, it was like the loading wheel was playing on my face. I just stood there stunned. I was like, yeah absolutely i would love to join and meanwhile i can hear my wife like slapping on the door <laughs> like losing her mind and i'm trying to play it cool right i'm like yeah cool no big deal this is so great i'm so excited and i hung up and i was like ah! <laughs> it was great and so uh i got outside i called my sister they told me i can't tell anyone because they were going to announce it on the show later that week and i was like okay no problem and then I called my mom. I was like, mom, I need you to buy me a $1,500 laptop because I don't have the equipment for this. I have since paid her back. Thank you, mom. Uh, but it was, it all happened very quick. Like from the day I applied, it was the last day, three days later, Hey, here's an interview five days later. Hey, you got the job. And it, and it's been nothing but amazing ever since. Like I can't say enough good people about enough about the people that we work with. We have this new thing this season where we actually get to work with people from like the other markets. So we have like game over head to head now. So the first game of the season for the Leafs was actually the Leafs versus the Habs, which was convenient. So it was actually me and Andrew Berkshire. And that was the first show we ever did together. So we get to like talk to other fans from other markets, but we get to talk to like our own fans and we get to talk about things that we care about, right? Like as SDPN, we don't know when the game over for all of the teams, but like last year we did like an international women's day stream. We did a, like a pride stream. We did a, uh, uh, a draft day stream. We did uh, a trade deadline stream and we got, you know, those are all equal, right? Like they're given the same amount of exposure on SDPN, the draft, 
the trade deadline, Pride, International Women's Day, and I think we did uh, an Indigenous recognition one as well because it was just like the while SDPN is about originally it was only about hockey and now it's about like you know car racing and basketball and all these other podcasts that SDPN gets to be a part of. Um, you know, we get to I get to as this queer person that 18 months ago thought that the most that they could do was volunteer in like their local, you know, their local place that helps the community. Like in Toronto, it's a place called the 519 on Church Street. And it's like a center where queer youth can go and get assistance, where queer people can get assistance from people in the community and everything else. And I thought that that was all that I was going to be able to do was do something on a very small thing. And even though this is still a very small niche and, and, you know, sometimes hockey doesn't love you back as much as you want, as much as we love it. Um, this feels like, even though I'm contributing something as, as a Leaf fan, I like to think I'm contributing in that way, but I get to contribute in a really small way to the queer community because maybe some queer kid, you know, in the province of Ontario, like where I grew up only an hour and a half away, like I was very sheltered as a kid. Like there were no, there was like three queer kids in my high school. I was one of them. And the other one was my first girlfriend. Like it was a, it was a pocket sized community. So it's, you know, sometimes all you, sometimes what I want to do is I just want someone to say, oh, they are kind of different. Maybe I'm different too. And, and maybe that they can see that and think that that's okay because it is, it's okay. It's okay. And that's all we, that's all I want to do as part of being part of an SCPM thing. And, you know, being able to come on with you fine folk and be able to talk about, you know, tough things right, right at the beginning. And then we get to talk about hockey that we all love. And then, you know, we get to talk about what it, what it means to be able to lend our voices to the community they all, that we love so much, right? Because it is special to feel like maybe someone will listen and maybe that you can be that, you can be, you know, what you wanted as a kid to hear. Because, Heck, I wish there were people like me on me in media talking about the Leafs when I was growing up because I didn't think people like me existed. Whew, you make me emotional again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and she will get emotional. That damn soapbox. This, get a, off of it, this Lauren, emotional sport. <laughs> Listen, hockey is probably the softest sport in existence. <laughs> I don't care what these players say. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Hockey players cry the most out of any athlete I've seen. <laughs> um, They're probably the most upset, like after a loss. <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe. Know if I've seen like baseball. I've never seen like baseball players cry. Football, not like really. the pointless fights that happen. Maybe like, like the one World minute Cup. left in the game. Maybe the World Cup, like when it's people's like last shot. Yeah, soccer That's players, football yeah. players, I should say. <laughs> um, on that topic about you know, having that representation growing up. I was wondering if you saw the news about the Kraken athletic trainer that put out the, the letter I to did. himself. I did. And I kind of just wanted to ask your opinion on, on that whole... Did you read the whole thing? I I saw his name. I'm going to look it up right now because now I feel bad that I didn't do more research. I did see it. I did Justin Rogers. It. Justin Rogers. Yes. Uh, first of all, Justin, welcome to the Outside of the Closet Club. Uh, my friend, we are happy to have you. I I love it. I think it's the best thing is I think it's <laughs> I think it's great for the sport and I think that it's the best FU that the NHL had to post that and actually mean it. Like not 8 weeks they didn't after. mean it though. I know, but uh, they just had to post it. Yeah. I know, but Maybe maybe an alien came from outer space and they didn't know what happened with the pride tape thing and that was the first thing that they saw. That's see that's how I lied to myself. They had like the the what is it called the men in black? Yeah yeah little, yeah like the the pen yeah. with the light. The they just retconned yeah, yeah, their yeah, whole exactly. mishap. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like I hate that the NHL is suddenly like we're inclusive and I and all of us queer fans are like where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. show us where the inclusion is <laughs> like i feel like gordon ramsay just like pinching the bridge of his nose and just being like you fucking donkey like <laughs> no i'm i'm envisioning that like that two toasts and then like what are you yeah <laughs> an idiot sandwich yeah and that's the thing here's the thing though like and this is maybe why i'm i'm grateful that they had to post something was because they were always on the wrong side of this like from the moment they said it wasn't going to be allowed anymore, from the moment that all transpired, 
they deserve every ounce of crap that they get from it because it was the wrong decision. And I bet you a lot of people in the NHL knew it was a wrong decision, but either didn't say anything, felt like they couldn't say anything, or maybe they did say anything, in which case, uh, I'm sorry that your boss didn't listen to you because you were in the right, because there was no reason for this to occur. And for them to have to now turn around and do a full 180, it all it does is embarrass them. And I'm glad that they're embarrassed because it's embarrassing that we have had to deal with this. And I'm glad that there is a little bit of comeuppance for them because now they have to turn around and they have to recognize, oh, we did something wrong. Even if they can't say it, even if they will never admit it, I'm glad that they're doing the right thing now. And I'm glad that their, their crappy ass protest and the way the decision that they made was not even a quarter of a business year, not even a, not even one of their quarters was like fully enveloped by that decision. You know what I mean? Like at no point was it ever going to have actual permanence. And I hope that they learned their lesson that they, they were really haven't the wrong. though. I know. I know. But again, <laughs> maybe this time I'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like when when all that stuff came down about them like retracting from like the warm-up jersey and stuff like i mean i've been saying again and again that you know it's honestly like the big brother nhl like i i've kind of lost like hope at that level right but i'm looking at the team level like i know that there's certain things that even as much as the teams want to do, Big Brother is going to come in and pull it away. It's going to, it's going to use their power to be like, no, you can't do that. Right. Um, but there's infinite ways that, despite the unfortunate that the warm up jerseys are no longer going to be able to be worn on the ice, like there's infinite ways that you can continue to put it out in the world, show your support. Yep. Get into the community, um, engage with, you know, organizations and, and stuff like that. And so I'm kind of at the point where it's just this whiplash of back and forth, like beyond horrendous with the whole pride tape ban, like I'm exhausted at the NHL level, but I'm looking at the teams, like which of these teams are going to realize that at the end of the day, it's like people that are just like, Oh, just stick to hockey, blah, blah, blah. Like, Hockey at the professional level needs the support of fans. And as much as those bigoted people think that queer folks are like such a minority in this world, like the teams that realize that they need to grow and to diversify and to be inclusive, I think it's going to show in a big way yep. and like like the seattle kraken for example with like doing nothing but be supportive of justin rogers like i really loved the part in like the article like there were several people like grubauer maddie Beniers, um eberly jordan eberly like like nessa knows that like anytime there is a statement that gets put out about like Pride Night, like I am like listening very intently for someone to say LGBTQ and to not have to follow that up with Military Appreciation Night, <laughs> yep. with Hockey Fights Cancer. It's like, cause now I'm like, you're just, you're just reading a cue card somewhere. Yeah. Like say something beyond. Say something with meaning. <laughs> yeah. Say something with substance. And it's like, when I read that article, that was written and supportive of Justin Rogers coming out um, and just the, the support that he had from the Seattle Kraken. Like one, one of one of the quotes that I remember very clearly is from Maddie Beniers and how he said when he was growing up, like at the high school level, this was just normal to be inclusive and accept folks and just not be a homophobic bigot. Yep. And that is what needs to be said. And like, I'm looking for more teams who are going to go in this direction where we are beyond 
the hockey talk of like, oh, hockey is for everybody, XYZ inclusive night, like, sure, I agree, blah, 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 I'm a robot, I'm going to put on the sweater. And then when the game starts, then, you know, yep. that's, and that's peeling that's the pride stuff here. off the day that it's over, right? Corporate pride. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, low key, I actually am a secret Kraken fan. I actually have Same the only these. other hot. It's only it's the only other uh, hockey jersey I own other than a Kraken jersey. Because um, it's, it's sweet. It that helps. It does help <laughs> that they are run very well and that they do seemingly give a damn. Uh, that's a breath of fresh air. And I totally agree. Like, listen. I I think most queer people when Travis Dermott wore pride tape anyway, we were all like, I guarantee you, there's gonna be like a 500% increase in the rest of 2023 of Travis Dermott jerseys. And like, it, I mean, I don't know if he's gonna see any profit from that. And that's not the point. But like, I want the more players that are like that, the more we support them, right? Like, even though Luke Prokop is only in the minors right now, like, whenever, if and when he does get an opportunity to actually work as as well as a member of the national predators like how many people do you think are gonna join and get like pro cop jerseys right and hey listen yeah exactly and hey you don't even need though to it's such an awful color <laughs> i hey it's better than like oilers let's just talk about that um you know the fact of the matter is even though nashville is unfortunately set in tennessee which is uh, even though i'm canadian i unfortunately know about this not the friendliest place towards gay people um i hope that they sort of rub it in the nose of of the city because the what what you said at the beginning there jay about um you know it's it's hard to love the nhl when they just so blatantly miss it and i don't want to give them props i would actually rather give props to other hockey communities that do pride better like, I can't wait for the PWHL Pride Nights. Like, light me on fire. I can't wait. Like, um, the the Brisbane hockey team, I think a couple years ago, had one of the best Pride jerseys I've ever seen. Even, even the other day, there was a, a Cyclones. I can't remember what city it was. The Cincinnati Cyclones, they did their Pride Night. And it was, like, amazing. Their Pride jersey was great. So, instead of, like, highlighting... While I also want to bring to light the fact that the NHL has crapped the bed regarding Pride Nights, um, you don't have to buy their Pride jersey to make your jersey a Pride jersey. And a perfect example of that, my good friend Robert Moyloy on Pride Night last year um, actually took one of his Tavares jerseys and with colored duct tape made like a Pride jersey, like filled in the numbers with like rainbow and everything. And it looked so good. It looked so good. So good. It was so good. And I want them to bring but was back it the, good? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> and even though even though, you know, the Leafs aren't and all the other teams aren't gonna be able to practice them, I do think that that's a short term thing. I think that once the Gary's out and someone that was born in this millennia is actually in charge of, of what's going on, then improvements are gonna be made, right? Like, don't get me wrong, if we make a really quick comparison, like the NBA is not perfect, but Adam Silver who is basically the Gary Bettman of the NBA came out and said, Hey, we're not accessing our youth the same way. So we're going to do more to reach our, to reach the young people so that we can get more people to watch hockey. Not only is hockey not inclusive, they're not doing anything, at least in Canada to try and make hockey more inclusive to anybody, not even the queer community, but like to kids, to new Canadians, like these huge swaths of people work. Hockey is a part of Canada. And so many people are coming to Canada as new Canadians, which we're happy to have them, and they're not getting an opportunity to learn about it because it's impossible to follow. It's 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 almost impossible to play in Canada unless you're willing to fork out a whole bunch of money because there's no incentives to try and make it more accessible for young people, and it's being lost a little bit. And it's and there's it's it's added unfortunately to the laundry list of things that the NHL is not good at. And I'm just hoping and praying for the day that Gary is leaving is coming sooner because so much of all of this crap is hopefully better once he leaves. Like whoever takes after him, I can't imagine it's going to be any worse. <laughs> like, you know, like I got I, I got to I got to I got to be hopeful that it can't get worse when he leaves. <laughs> Like, it can't go backwards. It's already so far behind all of the other major sports. Like, at some point, someone smarter has to be in the driver's seat. 
Someone that's not just a corporate lawyer. Well, here's to today when we can start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yes. Well, if you ever need someone to scream from it, just tell me. I'll come on and and I'll <laughs> I'll lie to you use in the your, most friendly way I can. Sing Use your <laughs> use your Steve Dangle energy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we kind of had for you yeah. today. Um, no, thank you I for mean, I know me. we could probably like talk for for hours and hours, but as the podcast's sole post production editor, yeah, I'm, no, I'm it's all good. It. I'm totally going to cut understand. it here. <laughs> I totally get it. Thank but, you for uh, having me. Yeah, blast. for sure. Thank you so much you. for coming on, Lauren. We yeah. had a lovely time speaking Absolutely. with you. And as always, I am your host, Jay. I'm co-host Nessa. Thanks again for joining us, Lauren. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Goodbye, all. Bye.